today on CityCast Denver. As COVID variants proliferate and the pandemic's death toll continues to climb, vaccine hesitancy is becoming more and more of a problem. I think there are people who are choosing not to get the vaccine because they simply don't trust the process. To get to herd immunity, we're going to need to do two things. Increase vaccine supply and get those shots in arms. But after the last four years of ideological division and partisanship, are we even still a herd? Think of the last time someone tried to shame you. Uh, Did you want to go along with what they wanted? No, you didn't. You just said, uh, I don't think so. (laughs) Today is Monday, April 19th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Here's some news for you today. Expect partly cloudy skies with the possibility of rain and snow in the afternoon and a high of just 47. While there was still snow on the ground over the weekend, Denverites took to the streets downtown to protest police violence and express solidarity with uprisings in Chicago and Minneapolis. The march was spearheaded by 17-year-old Ashira Campbell and was followed by an action organized by the Denver chapter of the Party for Socialism and Liberation. The History Colorado Museum has been awarded a $400,000 grant for the creation and support of an exhibition detailing the events of the Sand Creek Massacre. It will be the only exhibit of its kind in the country to recount the 1864 tragedy from the perspective of the Cheyenne and Arapaho people. If you're like me, you may have been one of the 100,000 households to receive a Brita water filter in the mail, courtesy of the city and county of Denver. Those are to help protect us from lead pipes while they work to replace them with copper ones. It's going to take 15 years, but at least we've got these handy plastic pitchers to save us in the meantime. As the world grapples with effective vaccine rollouts, it looks like the U.S. is on its way to inoculating millions of us safely. Does that mean that all demographics are getting vaccine access equally? No. But beyond the access issue, there's also this issue of hesitancy, with some groups choosing to forego the vaccine altogether. And according to recent polling, there are a lot of those people here in Colorado. So many that if everyone else gets the shot, we could still be shy of what most people think we need to achieve herd immunity. That same poll found that the people who tend to be more hesitant are black and brown, which we already knew, but also they tend to lean politically conservative. I left the party when Trump became the nominee. Then I came back because I thought maybe I could be part of the solution. Now I'm hoping those people will leave and not me. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's hard. Krista Kafer is a substitute teacher and columnist for the Denver Post. She recently wrote a piece addressing vaccine hesitancy from her center right perspective. Krista and I found some common ground when it comes to vaccines, like how crucial it is to get the most clear and accurate information out to the public, and why tactics like shaming never work as an educational tool. Well, thank you so much, Krista, for joining me today. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. So I'd like to start by getting a little bit of a better understanding of this issue and wondering if you could talk a little bit about why conservatives are generally more hesitant to get the vaccine in the first place? You know, I think it comes down to, to trust um, on, on this particular vaccine. So if we look at sort of anti-vaxxers more generally, I think what we'll see is that there are sort of Democrats and Republicans uh, left and right that are vaccine hesitant 
for whatever reason. You'll you'll find conservatives in the middle of Colorado Springs, or you'll find you know liberals in Boulder who are choosing not to vaccinate their kids for a variety of reasons. I think when we look at the COVID vaccine, it's a little bit different because medicine has been politicized over the last year or so for you know a variety of reasons. I, I think you're alluding to how quickly it had to be put through and sort of the the hoops we've jumped more quickly than usual to get the vaccine out there. Is that really what's keeping some conservatives from feeling like good about it? I think they would say that, that it was uh, that they don't trust the process. But I think it goes a little deeper than that. I think there's a lot of distrust around government mandates with regard to COVID, a sense that the government went too far in requiring uh, businesses to shut down or to seriously limit their capacity. That you know, you see that there is a time and a place for masks, but then you've got people wearing masks in their cars, people who are already vaccinated, double masking. To many of us, it looks a little bit like virtue signaling or a kind of politicized message versus just the facts, which is the CDC and other scientists don't ask for masks to be worn outside because it's very difficult to contract the disease outside. So when there's this sort of layer of politicization, virtue signaling, it, it, it makes people distrustful. And so my friends who have chosen not to get the vaccine, they're saying things to me like, well, the disease is 99% survivable. Why do I want to take a vaccine that is 95% effective? And I think I understand that that kind of looks like good reasoning, but it's not 99% survivable for everyone. Right. If you're over 70, if you're over 80, if you've got diabetes, if you've got asthma. And one thing I made clear in my column is that I've never been afraid of getting COVID, but I don't want to get COVID. Um, I'm, I'm paid by the hour. If I don't go to work, I don't get paid. I don't want to take off two weeks. I don't want to lose two weeks of my time to a disease that is a uh, you know, it's, it can be very serious. And so I don't, I, I, I try to stress to them that just because you're not afraid doesn't mean that you want to get it. That's another question I had is what sort of tools do you have in your toolkit to, to do that convincing? Or like if someone is listening to this, who's like, I have a relative that I'm really trying to get on board with vaccinations. What are the, the ways that you've been able to um, talk to people or convince them that this is a good idea? I'd say don't back someone into a corner. Um, you know, shaming people doesn't work. Think of the last time someone tried to shame you. Uh, did you want to go along with what they wanted? No, you didn't. You just said, uh, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> you know, so shaming or guilting or, or sort of trying to back someone into a corner, aggressive, uh, aggressively arguing. As, as those things don't work on me. Why would they work on anybody else? So I kind of just keep it light, like saying, hey, yeah, I've got my second vaccination for COVID. I got that about a month ago. I, I feel very confident. Um, I don't want to get sick. I'm, and, and I was a little stressed that I'm not afraid of it. I'm not in a risk category. So I didn't do it out of fear. I didn't do it because the government told me to do it. I, everybody who knows me knows that I'm not a big, you know, kind of an, a non-compliant person when it comes to arbitrary rules, a little bit of a rule breaker. I, I, I did this for my health. I did this so that if I meet somebody who is medically vulnerable, 
that they will, uh, that there's no chance that I would transmit it. I wouldn't say no chance, but there is very limited chance that I would get it or pass it. I also plan to take a trip this year. Not sure where I'm going, but international travel is one of my favorite things to do. And it wouldn't surprise me if there aren't vaccine requirements for travel at some point. And I say this because when I go to West Africa, I have to carry my vaccination. It's like a yellow card that has all my vaccines on it. This says that I've been vaccinated against yellow fever. Um, in West Africa, certain countries, um, Senegal, Ivory Coast and others, they, uh, they're they doing everything they can to limit uh, exposure to yellow fever because it is fatal. It's actually worse than co- worse than COVID. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of these smaller countries who do not have the hospital capacity that we do, we have a marvelous medical system here. Our healthcare system is extraordinary. I know because I've been to a lot of places and seen what it looks like elsewhere. If If you get COVID here, and you go to the hospital, you have a really good chance of surviving. Not everybody does, but you have a really good chance of surviving. That, that, may, that may now happen in India, um, Senegal, even some of the poorer countries in Europe. And those are the places I like to go to. So I want to make sure that I'm part of their solution as well. What I've heard from a lot of folks is they're going to wait and see when it comes to the vaccines. Um, do you think conservatives are going to wait and see and then get it? Or is wait and see code for never? You know, I one of my my friend who just got the first vaccine was in the wait and see camp, and actually, I know some other people that were in the wait and see. Well, as they waited a little bit, they saw that people were getting, particularly the Pfizer shot, and they were doing fine. Um, I think I was a little tired after I got my second shot, but you know what? I'm always a little tired, so I don't know that I can blame it on the <laughs> shot. So I I think that people are seeing friends and neighbors get it, you know, and they're and they're saying, hey, you know what it it isn't a big deal. Let's get this done. They've seen that hesitancy that, that people have reported in like January seriously cut by now where people are just seeing friends doing it. It's just becoming a kind of a normal behavior. And I think that's a good sign. And I guess lastly, I know, I think all of us are kind of grappling this with this right now with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, pulling back with that, with some of the side effects um, have you had any conversations around that issue or had anybody say, like, I told you so kind of thing with that that particular vaccine? You know what? I haven't had any conversations around that in particular, uh, but I would say that if somebody did mention that, I would say that it's a, it's a fairly rare reaction. And, you know, I think about my own medical history. And occasionally you'll go on a medication that works great for other people and then, and you'll take it, and immediately your body says, "I don't, I, you, you will never put this in me again." Yes, I had that happen last year with a acid reflux issue, um, where I took the medication. It made me so sick that I went off of it. I was like, I would rather live with acid reflux, um, and and I went on something different, and, and now the situation has been resolved. But that happens. That happens with regular medicine that you'll take something that, that works for others, but doesn't work for you. Um, and that, that there's no perfect solution. If you're looking for a pill or a shot that is, has absolutely no side effects and, you know, you can live happily ever after that just doesn't happen. What we're doing is we're mitigating situations. All human solutions are slightly imperfect, however good they are. 
No, that's a great and that's a great perspective to have because if you look at it in the context of other medications, we've all had that. Some adverse reaction. Yeah, we've all had you it. You know, something that just didn't work for us. Yeah, even with allergy shots. Right. These things happen. And and when people do the whole big pharma thing and they bring that up, I tell them I've got friends that are alive because of big pharma. Yeah. Um a friend with cystic fibrosis, another friend with um rheumatoid arthritis, another friend with high blood pressure. All of these friends, two of them would be dead. One of them would have uh, a very difficult life. I I love big pharma. So I'm really glad that big pharma came alongside in this situation and did everything they did to create these vaccines so that we could find a a good solution to this epidemic. Krista, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. It was my pleasure. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our splendid morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye! Screw that somber tone, here comes the news! (laughs) 